2: Hey guys, it's Marty from the Ask Women podcast. Buying a car is a not-so-fun experience for most people, and it doesn't have to be. At TrueCar.com, they'll help you get rid of the fear that you may overpay. You know when you'll get a fair price because they show you what others paid for the car you're looking for. TrueCar.com analyzes what people are paying for their cars in their market and shares it with consumers so that they never have to overpay. Over 40,000 cars were sold by TrueCar certified dealers just last month. Users see an average savings of $3,046 off msrp true car certified dealers go through a certification process and you work directly with a true car representative that will honor your savings true car certified dealers believe that truth and transparency are essentials to a better buying experience first go to truecar.com and find out what others pay for the same vehicle in your market and around the country second register at truecar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings certificate and the third step is simple just print out your certificate and take it to the true car certified Dealer for a better hassle-free buying experience. TrueCar has the most comprehensive new car pricing information available and a certified network of dealers that offers a hassle-free car buying experience and negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Support the Ask Women Podcast and shop at TrueCar.com.
0: The following program is a podcast1.com production. Podcast One.com presents the Ask Women Podcast. Uh-huh. A place where two comics and a professional wing girl get together to dissect the female mind
3: you don't know how i feel
0: and explain it to men in terms they can actually understand Booze. now here's the lovely ladies of ask women
3: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Ask Women Podcast, where you get real advice straight from the source. I'm one of your hosts, Kristen Carney, a comedian and human being, along with Marnie best <laughs> bestselling author. You're not a human book. being. Sometimes, what are you talking about? Sometimes. I shower today, so okay, I Okay, so you today. are. Mm-hmm. I actually said that when I
2: walked into the bathroom and saw you when we got here. I'm like, oh, you look so good. you got a kink in your hair. Thank
3: you. I had to exactly. go somewhere before here. No, so you are a human because, today. Yeah, it's not because of podcast one. <laughs> no, I'm, just I'm just kidding. I actually always Thanks try to, I always try yeah. to look nice here. Yeah. <laughs> This is like the only like time I'm in the world ever is when I'm here. I feel like is when you dress up. Like the rest no, of the no, when I come to podcast one. Oh, really? Every time else, I'm like, I don't care what I look like, but I like to. Well, good. I'm take glad that we mean of- that much to you that Thank you. you want to step it up. And well, no, I just have nothing else going on in my life. <laughs>
2: like this is the day you this, look forward to. This is that's it. a nice thing for people to listen to. You are what we look forward to every single week. I can say. Well, this is what I look forward to me. every
3: single week. I. That's need, a sad. Story. I need a life.
2: You definitely do so need a
3: life. No, I enjoy it here. But um, of course, you're Marty Kenress. Uh, of course. Best-selling author and relationship expert, and today we have a very handsome... Gentleman in the studio who has three names because he's really important. We have Jonathan Christian Hudson with us, dating a coach.
1: Hello, yes. hello. Hey,
3: and that, that, that three names is very confusing for you before because I'll tell you why. Well, I wouldn't say confusing. It's more like kind of pretentious Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So basically, like, are you a debutante or are you a person? Um,
1: <laughs> a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay. But if, if the pretension came off, um, if, if that's what you got, that's exactly why I have three names because so that Kristen could one day on a podcast say this is a pretentious man sitting across
3: there you, you go and you've achieved said, your goal he's, he's sitting, sitting here I with like
2: so I can drop. so now
1: I can drop one of the names because I achieved my
3: goal there so you go
1: let's just keep it I'll give you. well
3: I'll just yeah. give you one name and keep it asshole how about that, that <laughs> <laughs> you know I want to know well,
2: we're What's
1: just getting name? to know each other <laughs>
0: yeah. I want to know What's she goes
1: in hard fast strong that was that was that you know, was. I know. Yeah. She's very yeah. intense. Um, no, the, it, so here's what happened is when I started this business, I was about six figures in debt, and I was like, I'll be out of this in a year. I just need to get off my feet and get some money coming in the door. <clears throat> so I picked a different second name. I'm sorry. Trying to forget first your name. past. Uh,
3: you doing.
1: Well, we all try to do that on a daily basis, I think. Yeah, um, right. That's we, why I
3: cut my hair off the other day. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> you're like, in really? it a, That's
1: a wig? It looks very natural. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I picked a different first name instead of a different second name, you know, the right thing to do would have been like, you know, Jonathan Henderson or something like that, Henderson. But, you know, That's just, a, little just a different, different Before second name. Interesting. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, just name creation see you next time, but, um, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, you so started now zero it's like, with Chris, so basically what, what happened layout. was after, you know, I've been doing this for six years now, I've got like 200,000, uh, people on my mailing list. It's like this business has grown. I'm somebody people know and they half the people know me as christian the other half know me as jonathan so yeah. i just go all pretentious now and it's jonathan christian but uh <laughs> I, no, like I, just, I just figured for something like this because marnie you and i we've me. known each other for what five years now um, no longer i think longer. seven or eight yeah so and i just figure when i'm sitting here with people who i know and like and even people who i, I don't know and still hold the judgments on yes yeah. um that you know it's just better to go with the The real name, the,
2: yeah. The, well, that's yeah, that's so. the thing. So, so Jonathan or Christian, I don't know, whatever the hell his name is. We're in the same industry. Yes, um, I, I'm sure. Our,
1: I'm sure your listeners are fascinated <laughs> by this, but we probably should talk about something more relevant to them than, than I think.
2: My interested oh, in This relevant. is so relevant because oh, yeah. people in our industry <laughs> they have they have a lot of fake names out there. They mm. usually go mm-hmm. by because this will go into what I'm talking about later. So, therefore, you'll understand why I'm bringing this up because it. a lot of people when they choose to learn about pickup or about dating skills they 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 select a different persona so that they can feel mm-hmm. like somebody else
1: mm-hmm. right
2: which is it, i'm not i'm sure that's not why you did no as, you know it's funny
1: i was just doing a seminar this past weekend yeah. and one of the guys came up to me and he's like so is christian hudson like you know, is there like a zone that you go into when you identify yourself as Christian that like you're much better with women and you're able to... Yeah, uh, yeah
3: you take away like the, so ju- so, the Jewy Jew- side of That's you. so <laughs> weird. Yeah.
1: What, what, what's the Jewy side? I don't know. Not the Christian okay. Yeah, the, the, the blonde hair, blue eyes. <laughs> yeah, that no. Has, yeah, yeah, no, you're exactly. kind of
3: scaring me actually. Like you're a little bit, um, you're a little bit uh, Germany.
1: Huh, okay, I'll take that <laughs> yeah. as a compliment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's like this guy asked me like, do you guys go into these like different zones when you're like changing? And I'm like, dude, like
2: what kind of like dual personality do. But they do but they that's do it's the like thing. it's
1: like putting the old person behind moving on with the new person no, but and being that's who you are—that's
2: mm-hmm. that's the thing. That's that's what we talk about a lot on the show. It's about owning who you are as mm-hmm. a human being, being really comfortable in your own skin, and putting that out there to women or men or you know whatever it is that you're interested mm-hmm. in or whatever sex and gender you are. I see. It's about really first owning who you are because you you can't turn anybody else on if you're not turning on yourself.
1: I would agree with that. Yeah.
2: So if you're if you're creating another persona for yourself and you need that in order to
3: interact with other people, past the point of of the learning phase. I love that you're like you can't not turn anyone else on unless you're turning yourself on. It's like unless you're a hermaphrodite, <laughs> you can't get with other people. First.
2: You're not understanding my deep, deep line that I use constantly. Yeah, I'm not but reading. Marnie,
1: I on. am right there with you. You, uh, a lot of guys who I talk to, do not know what turns themselves on, yep. and they're not in touch with their own sexuality in a way that they're able to like think about a fantasy be comfortable with that fantasy whether it involves uh loving themselves loving another person and 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 they don't really um they don't explore this idea in their own mind so that when they get into relationships with women they're uh they're they're always hiding things and they're always like you know like no that's not me that's not me no i would never do that and and i i think that you know one of the things that comes out of this whether it's a year or two year or five year process of becoming better with women is you really become uh much more acquainted with yourself yeah. with your own desires with your own obsessions uh and 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 uh yeah and what you want to bring into a relationship yeah. and and hopefully that you know fake identity that you created if you had to do that and the real one emerged together but we'd rather not have that happen we'd rather just help yeah. a guy Well, I I say in the very beginning, you
2: you need a system as training wheels. And then if you you do actually learn from that system, you can grow up and you can grow out of that system that somebody else has created and create your own system. Well, my system is
3: like people, because my name's Kristen, sometimes (laughs) people mistake my name and they'll call me Kirsten or Christina. And I'm telling you the instant I do, like the instant they do it they'll apologize and I'm like no 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 honestly it's fine because now I feel like a different person and I have way more self esteem than I did <laughs> two seconds ago so thank you
1: Wait, like, I've, whatever, got a, I've got a question why do, why do comedians always self deprecate so much
3: because who wants a confident comedian Yeah, exactly I mean and that's like an the, arrogant person yeah
1: <laughs> I, I, I do pretty well and I think I'm funny and I'm You're not a comedian. <laughs> you're, you're not a comedian.
2: Exactly. <laughs> not, not yet. But the not that yet. I, Exactly. That's your next stage. That's your, your next training. training the yeah. reason that I did, I did want to have you on the show uh-huh. is because you just new, newly moved to Los Angeles so uh-huh. I can actually have you live in studio which is great. But um i i want to talk to people if they don't know that jonathan christian hudson is a dating coach i want you to explain more about you know how you became a dating coach why you're a dating coach and where you were in the past compared
1: to mm. now with women. I mean, it's such a long story um make it short yes, <laughs> yes. We got, we've got we got an hour right now uh so uh jesus where to start um you know, at a very young age, was very insecure. Um, always interested in being, uh, you know, more attractive women. And, um, I think I sort of defined my identity in my first relationship as, you know, I'm this guy who's dating this hot girl. And that last four years we broke up, she tore my heart out. And I was like, Oh crap. Like I got to get that self validation back. Spent like basically 10 years trying to get this problem solved from my early twenties to my early thirties. I was running a software company way, way, way back in the day. When I left that, I started this, pickup artist company with this well known pickup artist guy who's like business manager. Um, it was fun. It sort of found me, but not surprised that it found me because I was also looking for answers in that area of my life. Right. Um, that you know, we we had some success. I broke away from that, um, started a Jello Shot Company. I think we've talked about that. We? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's,
3: I is, think it was,
1: it was caffeinated alcohol This alcoholic. is why
3: you're hiding your other name. It was
1: it was ca- yeah yeah. The FTC has some no um, <laughs> no. It was caffeinated alcoholic gelatin shots, and that got shut down before it ever got off the ground. I'm sure. I was in a tremendous amount <laughs> it's a of good doubt. idea. Though. It, it was amazing. Oh my yeah. god! If we had those in here right now, this podcast would have a very different tone. Yeah, <laughs> um, a better tone. But, a topless um, tone. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't have to have jello shots. It's <laughs> Oh, and I, I'm ready to go, guys. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I was like totally broke. And I was like, well, what's the one thing I know how to do? I can teach guys how to talk to girls. So I'll get back into this. I'll, I'll make a little bit of money doing some coaching. And then I'll go off and I don't know, do, do the next big thing. So, what, like seven years later, eight years later, still doing this? Like, you know, massive massive business now. I love it. I love the feedback that we get from the guys who we help out. And uh, yeah, we're like a worldwide company. We've got employees on all sorts of continents. And what and is your worldwide company called? The Social Man. The Social Man. Yes. Yeah. And, and the, uh, one,
2: the, the one thing that I really like about Jonathan's company is that it's not teaching men to be manipul- manipulative assholes to women. It's teaching them to be solid, charming, stable, genuine awesome men. And that's I why you like and I really so. resonate with each other. I would
1: like to think so. Thank yeah,
2: you. and And I, I did an interview with Jonathan about a year ago about, I forget what we were talking about, but you have this one program that's called the Girlfriend Activation System <laughs> yes, that you can yes. get. If you go to wingirlmethod.com slash Hudson, we'll just go with his oh. last name because it's too cool. confusing if I choose one of the first names. <laughs> It'll be hard for people to remember. Uh, so wingirlmethod.com slash Hudson. Um, and this program is all about how to... Activate a girl uh, and make her into your girlfriend, but we we had this one discussion. Sounds like a robot. I know. Activate a girl, <laughs> um, but it's 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 about you know the characteristics and building those characteristics and um, finding finding those not finding those tools, but owning those tools you need to mm-hmm. make somebody into your girlfriend. And we talked about this one scenario about leadership mm-hmm. um, and about planning either a dinner party or going to a dinner party and taking the the lead rather than acting as a passive guest. At mm-hmm. your dinner party, mm-hmm. which I th- this this topic of leading goes very much in line with a topic that I want to bring up today for the chapter in the man's playbook. <laughs> Yay. We're just keeping it. We're keeping it. There's no point in getting rid of it. We like it too much now. You know when things are like really annoying and then they grow on you and then you love them afterwards? That's how I feel about that. Yeah, I like That's how I feel about myself.
1: I like the delay, the actual playing of it by a couple of seconds just to build that build anticipation. it up. I'm like, give
2: it to me, or I want it. I want I it. Yeah, I, know. I know. Exactly. You know what you want. So, so okay. T- today, I want to talk about the friend zone. And before we get to your little tip on getting out of the friend zone, and then and then being a leader in a social setting, mm-hmm. I have this clip that I found. It was on YouTube by this guy named Sauce, I think. Um, but it was talking about the science behind the friend zone. Hmm.
0: Because not every pursuer can win, and because not every pursuer is a terrible jerk, some friend zoning is inevitable. It's disappointing when it happens to you he and it's easy to rely very well. on very well very well. <laughs> very well. <laughs> nice guys finish last excuse. I but so that. far, research hasn't found much evidence for it. What's more likely is that you have idealized the other person as a potential mate, but a neutral observer could tell you that, in reality, the two of you don't have as much in common as you think. This is the argument put forward by Jenna Marbles in her fantastic video. It's called Homogamy. We select our mates based on how similar they are to our own personalities, interests, and ideals for the future. And so when someone is friend-zoned, it's often not because they were too friendly or too much of a nice guy. Instead, it's often just run-of-the-mill incompatibility
2: which is interesting.
0: But let's not rule out being too friendly or too nice from every situation. Yeah, yeah. I'm like totally this is the main part that I want Fine you to listen described to. described the friend zone as a penalty box that you're sent to when your only crime is not being buff or unobtainable enough. Buffness falls into homogamy. It's about what someone else's interests are and what they want from a mate. But what fascinates me is the part about being unobtainable. Why would being available and present and friendly make you less attractive? And why would being kind of a jerk, too cool, aloof, or hard to get, make you more attractive? Well, Robert Cialdini calls this the scarcity principle. We desire things that are difficult to obtain because we don't like to have our freedom limited, and we act before it can be. This happens all the time in business, and it's equally true when it comes to attraction. Using the scarcity effect yourself is often cited as a possible escape route from the friend zone. Make yourself less available and see if your crush... Responds, Shut up, Christy. Try Don't using listen to this. the Ben Franklin effect. Benjamin Franklin wrote about how he was able to form relationships with other people by asking them to do things for him. Okay. The theory is that by doing favors for you, cognitive dissonance occurs in the person's mind. Why would they be doing favors for you unless they liked you? Now, it's no guarantee that you'll become more than friends, but just by simply becoming friends, friends you'll be doing something quite special because today we all on average have fewer friends fewer close individuals we can confide in than we did decades ago
2: okay and we hang out with that's enough okay those are the two points that i wanted to bring up okay aside from his robotic voice (laughs) but he's actually really interesting to watch he has like millions of views on youtube so somebody likes him is he handsome uh, he, uh, no, he's not handsome, but he's very interesting. He's very scientific. He talks about the science of love, science of kissing. Like, So it's, it's interesting. He gives like the scientific point of view about the things that we talk about on a regular basis. But the reason that I found this interesting and it goes in line with what I wanted to talk to Jonathan about was number one, this, the scarcity factor with the friend zone. And we'll talk about that in a second. But the second principle, which was the Benjamin Franklin factor, which was having people do favors for you. And I thought that that was very much in line with what you were telling me about when you, know,
3: you throw a mm, dinner party I thought he, he meant you? just like dressing like Benjamin Franklin <laughs> <laughs> like nice spectacles that's
2: a good way to get girls as well totally there it's shows confidence, confidence. Yeah. exactly but I, I wanted you to tell me more or just reiterate what you had told me during the interview we had done a long time sure, ago
1: sure sure well the, the principle that he's talking about here <clears throat> you know we have all these like geeky psychological principles for explaining the social dynamics of like how men and women and men and men and women and women, and women interact is investment and uh, maybe one step beyond investment you could say compliance so yeah are you able to get people to invest in you and do things for you and if if you think about a human relationship or to, well a relationship between two people the more that one person is invested in the other um typically that means that they're more attracted they you know they want to um They'll do what that other person wants to do, and so this is a, a really good proxy for looking at romantic relationships. Is if, you know, if you think of a crush, right, an unrequited crush where one person likes the other person, what's going on is is person A, who's got the crush, has a lot of investment in person B. Yeah. Person B has just not reciprocated, but person A is creating all these like ideas in their mind and they're investing in the future. So that's the principle, right? Is is you. And, and it's, it's very important when guys are dating girls, getting to know girls and, and, uh, want to save out of the friend zone to get investment from yeah. them. So there's like all sorts of little stuff you can do. I know you wanted to talk about the, the dinner party scenario. Um. You know that one. So I used to throw. When I lived in New York, I uh, would throw these dinner parties, and um, and I would kind of have people come over, and I would. I, I mean, I can just run through the exact playbook and tell you where the investment happened. Like, let's okay, do the playbook. Okay, okay cool. So the girls would come over. You know, the 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 girl who I was interested in. Whenever like a really attractive girl would walk in the room, I'd like. I wouldn't ignore her, but I like greet her like she was just another guest, right? Make a l- quick little eye contact, you know, kiss on the cheek, like "Hey, nice to meet you," and, you know. Okay, go enjoy yourself, right? Right. But no big. I'm in no, love with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, like, you were no, the like, best girl no, in No, like whole deeply room. staring into her eyes, like, uh, like, like you know, losing my shit. Or can I say that? Yeah, okay, you cool. say whatever you want. All right. Um, So, uh, (laughs) that just opened up a range of possibilities, (laughs) but, um, anyway, so, you know, just kind of like ignore her a little bit, but then every now and then, like I'd ask somebody to come into the kitchen. Hey, can you like help out with this? Can you chop these vegetables? And then like at a certain point you get that girl who you want and you're like, Hey, um, you know, I see you're kind of slacking off over there. Can you come help me like chop some veggies? And you can't say no to that because it's like a big dinner party especially if you're cooking for like eight or more so she's going to come over and then you know you, you got to tease her a little bit like oh hey, that's how you chop veggies wow like and you say whatever you want like no no they need to be thicker no they need to be thinner just giving her a hard time and, but and
2: I like when you you're endo? assigning people tasks exactly. as well exactly. especially the girl that you're interested exactly. in where but
1: she's got to see that you're not the only one she's not the only one right exactly So, so it's you like, just it's- turn her into,
3: her into your own slave yeah exactly well we don't
2: like to use that <laughs> word uh,
1: <laughs> why but, not uh, no but, it,
2: but but I have been at dinner parties where, where other men do this to, to me and to other people there. And no matter what, because I'm now working for them or I'm doing them a favor it's like mm-hmm. I, I view them differently mm-hmm. and plus he's not fawning all over me say okay go sit over there relax enjoy yourself mm-hmm. i'll do everything for you which sort of it plays into this scarcity thing a little bit too yeah. what was being discussed before but i i like the fact that you were giving tasks to multiple people yeah. but especially to the woman that you're and interested actually
1: it's in. funny our mutual friend who we were just talking about uh when we were walking up here, I remember years ago, I invited her over to my home and I sat there and made dinner for her while she washed me. This is like before I knew anything about girls. And I sat there and made dinner for her while she washed me and like I was like, no, 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 I'll take care of everything. You don't have to help out at all. And I thought I was being like chivalrous and cool right. and, and And I'm just doing all this work for her and she's you know, in her mind, when, when, something, when that happens it's like, why is this person doing all this work for me? Well, they must really value me. In fact, they must value me so much that they don't expect anything out of Me, and therefore, they're lower value and lower status than me, therefore. I am not attracted to them.
2: Absolutely, so, and that it's not a conscious. Therefore, thing I That happens. It's not like then she looks over at you and says, "Oh, I'm so unattracted to you. You're
1: so low no, level." No, no, it's, it's just like but it's, it's, it's
2: unconscious. It's
1: the same way. Like you meet somebody within thirty seconds. You know, like is, does this person have status? Do they not? Like uh, yeah. it's you know just the, the the mind knows. So in any case, turning that around, you you do want to put people to work if you're doing dinner parties. You do want to have that girl eventually come join you in the kitchen. You can either you know give her a task. Hey, can you like set the dinner table? You know, this, staff and the other, and then. at that point once you guys are all sitting around at dinner maybe you position yourself close to her you tease her a little bit more um you know didn't so-and-so do an amazing job with these vegetables like you know look at how perfectly those are cut um you know and you can just play play a little bit from there but that's the point is you're i think that the mistake that a lot of guys make especially when they meet very attractive women is that they like immediately perceive themselves as lower value lower status than that woman and it's just a trick of the mind, and then they start acting accordingly, and they start like doing all these things for her, and then you know the girl gets the the impression is solidified in that woman's mind. And so like
2: I've got you already. Okay, yeah, I
1: don't yeah, need to pay yeah, attention exactly, to you exactly. And, and when I, I, you know, I the, the girls who with whom this has happened, they're not sitting here, but I've had these conversations with them. They're like, yeah, when I met you, like I was like like why isn't he like fawning all over me why isn't he like why is, why is he treating me this way i I, th- I think he's a little bit of a jerk but like but but nothing but you I'm were doing was like, jerky. No, no, no. You just
2: weren't giving them the the, the, validation the typical the validation that they usually receive.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. I so, want to
2: call
3: back to shy love here. I know I was thinking that too. Like, Damn it. Yeah, it's generally kind of what she was saying. But this is the better way of but saying it. But this is it. a little bit more. Yeah, it's a little Thank bit more tactful. You. Yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> what,
1: what did What did she say?
3: <laughs> no, it, never mind.
1: We're okay. not <laughs> even going to go into that <laughs> stuff.
3: But yes, this is
2: this is the the nothing the more tactful. But this is. Because you're not saying be an asshole no, and no, ignore no, no, her. What uh-uh. you're saying is don't put her on a pedestal yeah. around you, which is what happens a lot when guys get into the friend zone. It's be- as you were saying before, it's because they have put this woman on a pedestal, which means that they are lower. Which mm-hmm. all- it doesn't even it, it doesn't even put you on a level of friendship. Right,
1: right, right. Cause, yeah, no, no, absolutely not. No, we like attraction happens, uh, like. You know, it, I hate doing one to ten scales, but they're very easy to use, right? Like right. attract. Typically, like a five is attracted to a ten, but doesn't believe that they can achieve a ten. So, so in real life, a five is going to go after a six or a seven because they think that's attainable. Uh, you know, a, a nine is going to go after a ten because they think that's a, a, you know it's believable that they could have that person. So, when we think, of, and, and a lot of attraction happens in these like sort of unconscious. Uh, value judgments that we make about our status relative to other people, and obviously the physical attractiveness as well, and that's going right. to that's going to play into that whole number. But um, yeah, again, a lot of guys I see, they just they, they immediately they see an attractive woman, they um, they put themselves uh, co- uh, subconsciously in like a lower status position, and they work to try to prove themselves to that woman. And it's the, the funniest thing is, and I mean you know this even some of my girlfriends, like they're all very 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 attractive, and, and the strange thing is that so few men actually act this way with them that like I find I, I didn't find it hard to date these types of women. Right. And I'm, it, like just because most guys totally screwed up around Right them. Now the other thing that you said is you said uh, you know that's one way of get in the friend zone is, is um, the, the value slash status disparity. The other thing is obviously just not making a damn move. Right. Like we always say guys put themselves in the friend zone when they are unwilling to indicate their sexual interest in a girl. And like that is just, uh, like, the, the the death knell of a man. Like Absolutely. She can, and You know this, you know this, but, like, guys are so afraid to, like, they're like, oh, things are going along well, like, I don't want to make a move, and, like, I, I, always, it, like, I always like to say, look, you are in the friend zone until, like, you're in the friend zone until proven otherwise, <laughs> so you're not gonna, like, and even if you make a move on her, like, and she doesn't like it, that doesn't mean that... That like that doesn't ruin your chances. Right. It, it means you this, already had not you, you already had did not do it right. So like make the move. You'll either be in the same position that you are right or now. You'll be in a better is, position, or you'll end in a better. Yeah. Exactly. I have
3: I have to reference Seinfeld here. There's an amazing episode where Elaine is dating a musician, and Jerry happens to say to one of his friends that Elaine said they that they were hot and heavy. <laughs> and she's she never said that and she basically says you can't say that i said we're hot and heavy when i don't think you know when i don't think we're hot and heavy and then she says it's like trying to lure in a squirrel like you don't want to make any big sudden movements <laughs> right, right and scare right. him off <laughs> So that's kind of I think what guys are afraid of that they're going to make a big sudden movement mm-hmm. and then scare and ruin away everything they've
2: created. That right. that's the big fear for a lot of guys, but not realizing that they actually haven't created anything so far mm-hmm, because typically mm-hmm. they're holding back on their personality, they're mm-hmm. holding back on their intentions for sure, yeah. but they're not really putting themselves out there. So they are this uh is it compliant or complacent? Complacent, complacent guy yeah. that w- women are friends with, mm-hmm. but don't see as being on the same level yeah. as. Yeah. Which is really sad. So, what's one tool that you would give to guys for for the first part that you were talking about about getting out of this mindset of seeing somebody as higher value? What's something mm-hmm. that can quickly trick mm-hmm. your brain? You know. Yeah. What's I mean, a the, magic the, pill yeah, you the, can the, give the, to men uh-huh. where they'll think no? But what is something that you can you can provide them with? That's something they can do as an exercise
1: or something they mm-hmm. can do
2: immediately on the spot to help them not I feel think, that
1: I th- way okay well, one great thing this is just hard to do but you kind of have to do it is just try to go a full day and be the last person to maintain eye contact with everybody you talk to so it's like it's hard like right, we're standing creepy. here creepy we're, we're wait
2: what be the last person be,
1: like when you're making eye contact with somebody like look we're looking at each other right now and like one of no, us I'm not is going exactly. exactly. like, to break away not to break yeah, away somebody's right. going to blink oh you just blinked. I blinked yeah so, uh, that's, that's a good blink. exercise yeah so it, and it's not like it's not like just stare them down and then when they look away Way, like keep staring at it, them. Just you know, just try to maintain eye contact a little bit longer, and that'll get you feeling what it like. It, that gets you tuned into um, your status relative to others and how. Um, how much of your authentic self you're bringing into the conversation?
3: It also shows a big mound of confidence, I think. Yeah, to hold absolutely. Someone's eyes like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I I can so say that's that's that's, that that when I have
2: yeah. actually used to do that exercise because it helped me um, calm down my discomfort levels because I would fight through them, which I think a lot of people at times mm-hmm. they usually give into their discomfort levels right away because mm-hmm. it feels easier to do rather than pushing mm-hmm. through it and holding that eye contact for absolutely. as long as possible. That's really good.
1: Well, and, and, and along those lines, and. <clears throat> It's like sexuality lives in tension. Like like if there's no, if there's anger, no tension. Anger tension? Uh, <laughs>
3: it, some of it, absolutely.
2: Like, like, it,
1: it, yeah, yeah, sure, I guess. No, but if, you want to create the, that, that tension and stuff.
2: curiosity. Yeah,
1: and, and so like a lot of guys are totally uncomfortable with tension. It's like they can't stand there at the bar and let there be silence. They can't like sit in a room and, and just squirm. Yeah, they score them. So it's like if you can allow yourself to be comfortable with tension, then that is, I, I hate to call it an advantage, but it but it is. It's an advantage you have over every other guy and also over most women who aren't comfortable with tension.
3: Absolutely. So it's like
1: holding that eye contact and being comfortable, being in tension, just like breathing in, breathing <laughs> out, like calm as a cucumber, zen monk. Like that is high value, high status yep. right there. And it's
2: going to feel uncomfortable at first, but then it will be get, get easier over Absolutely. time. Yeah. After you take Absolutely. a sandwich. Yes,
1: exactly. Those exactly. are... A, Uh, wait I don't know anything about that never mind
2: (laughs) 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 like Uh, nothing All right. well we have uh, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off that quickly just to say okay screw we're going to the next thing now but we are uh, done with our first segment now because we're going a little bit long but we have the fantastic Julie Furman in studio with us who is a matchmaker so it'll be interesting to talk about this because I want to talk to her about like how to pair people together and how to help both sides not get into that place where they're seeing themselves as lower Value and helping boost them up. But, Jonathan, that was wonderful advice. And if guys want to get more information from Jonathan on, you know, activating a girlfriend, uh, <laughs> being charming, being a leader, his programs are absolutely amazing. Uh, the video that he has up, which I'm going to direct you to with this link I'm going to provide you with, is really, really fascinating because it talks about the, is it male and female genes or is it the it's brains?
1: Gene, some brain yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's more
2: scientific some... stuff, but not as boring of a voice as the other guy, V.S. <laughs> yeah. So winggirlmethod.com slash Hudson and we'll be right back after the break with Julie Furman. razor is so expensive? Maybe it's because those billion-dollar shaving companies overload their razors with ridiculous shave tech you don't need. Do you really need a razor with a vibrating handle? Kristen, do you need... Well, maybe we do, actually. (laughs) A razor with a vibrating handle? That would be kind of fun, but dangerous. Back scratcher and laser pointer? No. Stop paying out of the nose and make the switch to Dollarshaveclub.com. Dollarshaveclub.com sends amazing quality razors and other cool bathroom stuff right to your door for a couple bucks a month. Dollarshaveclub.com doesn't waste their money on ridiculous shave tech gimmicks. That's one of the ways they can charge a fraction of what the big shave companies charge. And signing up couldn't be easier. Just go to DollarShaveClub.com and pick a razor plan. They have three to choose from. Then every month, like clockwork, you'll get a package in the mail with Dollar Shave Club blades. That's pretty cool. And they've got other great stuff like Dr. Carver's Easy Shave Butter and One Wipe Charlie's, the peppermint-infused butt wipes for men. <laughs> Say no to the big shave companies and their ridiculously overpriced shave Join Ask Women and the hundreds of thousands of guys who've upgraded the smarter way to shave. Shave time, shave money. Join dollarshaveclub.com slash askwomen. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash askwomen.
0: The Ross Report with Jim Ross. Hey, this is JR, and I've got Stone Cold Steve Austin on the show.
2: I I was a guy that uh, if you give me a steak, I can put some salt and pepper on it. I don't want to just, uh, you know, go ahead and carve up the entire calendar and do the thing myself. So I didn't like big picture booking, but I can damn sure if you give me a storyline, I can finesse a little bit to make it better.
0: So I would like to help with booking, but after the finished product. Download the roster report now at PodcastOne. dot com. You're listening to the Ask Women podcast, a Podcast One presentation.
3: Whatever. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, we are here with Julie Furman, the lovely dating coach—or no, I'd say dating coach, matchmaker, dating. I matchmaker. Cool. I was just singing it and I didn't say it, but you say guys, it again. Do it, matchmaker, matchmaker. <laughs> make me a match. I have um, an accent when you sing. Is that normal? No, I just I'm I'm trying Let to avoid make what make my, a- my actual <laughs> voice sounds like. I thought it was very nice. We haven't said this before, guys, but uh, before we go any further, I want to tell you to subscribe on iTunes to our podcast. Because it's so easy. You literally hit subscribe, you get every episode. Listen to it; you'll never forget, and you can delete them as you go, so it doesn't clog up your phone or anything. Yeah, but and it saves you time,
2: so that instead of focusing on you know going and downloading an episode yeah. each week, you can, you can
3: go out and pick up women. Right. Well, also if you're going to be like flying, exactly, you don't need the internet; it's already downloaded on your phone. Exactly. can get on the plane, you're like oh shoot, I forgot to download it. Yeah. So, so go subscribe to so either subscribe. on iTunes
2: or even on Podcast One Podcast You can press subscribe
3: so that it's it's automated. Oh, sweet for you. Yeah, and then remember to shop on our Amazon page at Wing Girl dot com slash amazon yes and buy lots of
2: stuff because that's what helps keep us on the air because right now people are buying things but not not enough and i think we need to shop a little bit more yeah and it's
3: really easy if you click through so if you click our link and then that page that comes up is the Amazon page. Save that as your bookmark. So every time you go to that bookmark, we get a little kickback, and it helps us keep the show on the air. Yes. Because air, air, believe it or not, costs money. It does. It costs yeah. money, and, and they keep charging are us for patenting it. Patenting things, and yeah, it's all insane. Over the place. So anyway, that's my spiel. <laughs> but thank you for being here. So Julie. glad. <laughs> now that we're done pimping ourselves thank you. out, <laughs> a little infomercial here. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. what else do we have today, Kristen? Um. Um, I don't know, water. they are horrible yes. in commercials. You would not do well I'm on
2: really television. On but Julie, tell me, tell us actually more about you and what you do because I find what you do extremely fascinating and challenging. Well, you know,
4: everyone's always wanting to talk to the matchmaker, the dating coach at the party, you know, because we have endless supplies of stories and yeah. tales and, you know, disasters. Today I saved a woman from uh, making the mistake of, insisting that the first date be at the Four Seasons.
3: Mm. I mean, you why, know. Why was she insisting it be at the Four Seasons? Because she likes the she, Four Seasons. She, she, <laughs> yeah. l- she, she want to get all dressed
4: up, and she want to wear her high heels, and she want to go to dinner at the Four Seasons. And you know what?
2: First dates, no. Save it for Valentine's Day after you've been dating for a while. You know. So what did she say to you, though? Because if that is the lifestyle that she's used to, was she like, Ugh, Julie"? Well, the thing is, she's used to it,
4: but that doesn't mean she wants to fund it. Exactly. Okay,
2: so, you know, what I say
4: to women is we should all have our own money to do all the things that we, you know, want to be indulgent about, whether it's getting a massage or, you know, getting her eyebrows waxed or whatever the thing is that we want to do. Getting
3: her back waxed. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Any of those things, but I really don't like the woman to feel like she's entitled to it, you know, that yeah. the man should be just constantly whining and dining her and taking to all the nice places. Because you know what? First dates don't usually end up in lifelong love, right? Right. So isn't it nice if the women kind of help the guys keep on, keep their passion? Well, She's
3: almost thinking like, well, if this doesn't last, I want to at least go to somewhere cool. You know, <laughs> well, make you it know, worth You may as well have
4: a good experience. You know, it's funny. I set up a date for tomorrow evening and I set it up at this restaurant inside Nordstrom in the Thousand Oaks Mall out by where I live. That's cool. And I thought, well, you know, even it's a beautiful little restaurant, little plates to share, not too expensive, but a really pretty environment. And I figure if the date doesn't go well, at least you can go shopping. Exactly.
3: <laughs> There's always yeah. a plus. Lift up your mood afterwards. <laughs> so Maybe anyway. with his money. I mean, but that's if it went well. Oh, we would yeah. have to go very very well, exactly. Think, you know? So, so Julie, um, I, I
1: have a question. You, you strike me as a, a very warm, friendly, uh, nice, accommodating opposite of woman, me. Yeah. which yes, actually that's, the, that's <laughs> what I was trying not to say, but um, do you have like an enforcer side of your personality that comes out when you deal with these sorts of difficult clients? And you're like, no, that is not how you do it. And I'm, you're paying me and I'm just going to come down hard on you. And like, this is how it is.
4: Well, it's a great question because I don't really have anybody's permission to coach them until they're my client. I So in my world, I'm at juliefurman.com. Anybody can register. It's private. It's free to be registered. And then I can find them when I'm matchmaking. So let's say this lady just, this lady, I get to tell her what I think because she's enrolled herself in my process. So I get a chance to say in a really sweet way. And I was really sweet in the way that Bagers I Beggars can't be choosers. Well, I just, I, you know, I, I and then I, I turned the comment that I wrote back to her and I could, I spent a good 20 minutes really thoughtfully crafting what I wanted to say to her in the email. And then I did what I'll often do, which is I'll turn it into a blog because if she's got the issue, everybody right. has the issue. And I don't want the basic bottom line of that message to her was I don't want people to jump to quick conclusions based on, you know, a little bit of information. And if a guy wants to meet up for drinks or for a coffee or something for a first date we should let the guy be the guy and let him set the date and then if it goes well and he wants to do dinner or something else later that's fine but we shouldn't be presumptuous about it so i didn't really answer your question about you know who am i what do i do i do matchmaking and dating coaching all day long every day and i've been doing this for 23 years my husband's the guy wow. and i he sold me my dating service membership 23 years really? ago really mm-hmm. So I went into a dating service, couldn't find the right guy, and I was really looking for kids, and I wanted marriage and family, all of that, and I wasn't sure I was going to be able to have kids. So I started my own little process back in 1990, trying to find the right guy, and I stumbled into a dating service, and the guy who talked me into joining that dating service and maxed out my credit cards, that guy? <laughs> is The Gil- man who took your money. Is the man I'm married to. Well, you know, it's funny. Yeah, he—he he, first he took me for a bit of a ride, and then I took him for a really long ride, so it all works yeah. out.
2: <laughs> it's fair, then. I have so many questions. Okay. So the, so, so, so let me go first. No, no. <laughs> well, okay. So th- this is the main thing. So, so mainly our show is for men, but there's a lot of women who listen as well. So as wonderful as it is that you are educating women on maybe a better way to be, that allows them to be more open and open to other possibilities and opportunities to come their way. When they come to you, they're not as open, and these are the women that lots of men that I work with, that Jonathan works with, that Kristen you makes know fun of. makes fun of, yeah. That, that that they're up against constantly. So the majority of women still have these belief systems in place, right? Yeah, the old belief systems that went with
4: a culture that would have been appropriate for Warden June Cleaver, perhaps. You right. Know, the guy's always going to pay, and he's always going to you know open my car door for me, and he's always. And we have to kind of let the guys know what we want in order to. To help the guys succeed with us, so um, anything you want to know about guys and what guys should be doing to turn the women on, or to
2: you know really get women to be open to their invitation, let me know. Yeah, well, that's it. actually that's my next question. Then, so let's say these women aren't educated by you or by any of us. So then, how how do guys work with women who do hold on to these belief systems that may? So some guys may sound a little bit spoiled and a little bit arrogant. I think that the best thing to do
4: early on is to kind of tiptoe around the issues. So on a first date, you know, what we really want to have happen is we want two people to light on each other. And we want two people, if it's appropriate, to actually express interest and have a second date. So the first date's almost like a drive-by date. And you just don't want to screw up, you know. So... I don't. Th- so, it'd be screwing up for the woman to assume that it's going to be at the Ritz Carlton. It's probably screwing up for a guy if he says, "Hey, you know, ten o'clock, I'll, uh, you know, meet me over at Starbucks." That's right. Probably not going to feel like
3: a date to her. It's and like a drive-by shooting date.
4: Yeah, the drive-by date is just. I don't really like to see first dates in coffee shops. Although, if you're doing internet dating, it's a very common place for and people to have dates. Yeah, it is safe, and it's you know, but it's also not special. So, I like coffee dates and tea dates or drinks dates, but make it a nice place where she can actually get excited about, you know, getting dressed up. So what we did in this one situation with this woman who wanted the Ritz-Carlton, you know, is I put them in a nice hotel lobby where they're going to have a drink, and they'll they'll have a drink and if it goes well I know this guy if it goes well he's going to ask her out to dinner but if she doesn't look enough like her photos or if she's acting like an entitled princess she ain't going to get dinner from this guy (laughs) right did you see business increase by chance after the Millionaire Matchmaker came on? absolutely I love Patty and Patty and I have known each other for ages and she's done probably more for the matchmaking industry than anybody because she's
3: kind of made it acceptable right and she's made it a topic of conversation like for me I would have never even known that matchmakers truly actually existed. Wow. Before her
4: show. I really like Patty's show and I gotta give that girl credit. She is making some really good matches and it's not easy to do in the real world, much less on television. But, right. is,
3: but comparatively, just because that's the only reference a lot of people have to witnessing yeah. matchmaking, is it? Realistic, what she's doing, or is it a little bit for the cameras?
4: Well, I think you know the truth of it is the men that are on the show are are not her real live clients. I mean, somebody who's going to spend twenty five thousand, fifty thousand, one hundred thousand, or whatever is the going rate for that type of a matchmaker these days, they are not generally going to be the ones who want to be on camera, right. you know, showing right. their dirty underwear to the world. Right. And Patty needs. license. It happens sometimes. They do show dirty underwear. Yeah, literally. And <laughs> Patty needs license to put these people in their place because it's entertainment value but also it's edutaining as well. So, you know, to answer Jonathan's question, do I ever, like, say it right like it Mm -hmm. is? You know, I'm a little bit more um, soft than Patty would be, Mm -hmm. for example, which is probably why I'm not Having my own TV show, I'm mm-hmm. not entertaining enough. Right. I'll hem and haw about how to say it nicely, and Patty will just come right out and say it. You yeah. know,
2: you're fat. <laughs> Lose ten like, like I would
4: come right out to her and say, like, fix your lips. You know, like something. Well, you know, it's like <laughs> very often what I want to say to somebody and it's hard to say is, dude, you're shooting out of your league, okay? And but it's really simple if we can, like, if I'm working with a client. Yeah, how do you say that? It's it's really simple because the statistics, the track record shows it. So when I'll ask somebody, and anybody listening can do this, you go back to go back look at your calendar of the people you've had a date with over the last six months to a year or whatever or it could be on your online and you're approaching people online of the people that you actually have an interest in what percentage of them actually respond back favorably to you what percentage of them are actually open to having a second date with you if it's greater than 50 percent, you're shooting in the right you know you're fishing in the right pool but if most of the people that you want to have a second date with won't even return your phone call. Uh, If the woman you want to get to go home with you is not even looking your way in the bar and you can never get her to pay attention to you probably shooting out of your league which doesn't necessarily mean give up it just means you got two choices either you have to broaden your interpretation of who might be an acceptable candidate for you or you got to throw more spaghetti on the wall and a lot of spaghetti sometimes i know this one guy that was challenged in so many ways he said i got all kinds of things against me i'm short i'm bald i don't have a lot of money and i won't say what country he came from but he said it was a hindrance and yet- same as george costanza <laughs> He was kind of like a George Costanza in an ethnic way, okay? So the problem is, you know, he really liked beautiful women, and he wanted to be with a beautiful woman, and he was like 32 years old, and he was really serious about this, and so I said to him, you got to throw a lot of spaghetti on the wall. And so I introduced him to a lot of people. And sure enough, he ended up with a really wonderful woman who's very attractive. She liked a lot of his qualities. And she was willing to overlook some of the other things that women were poo-pooing him for. Right. Well, it's
2: in- Okay, so it's interesting that you bring up leagues. Because actually, I have a different belief system to that. And I would say that Jonathan would as well. Maybe I'm- Well,
3: we talked about a little bit of the 9 getting with the 10 kind of thing right before you yeah,
2: came in. Yeah, because I don't believe in leagues. When people say, like, I'm not in her league, I'm like, "What, what are we playing baseball? Are you in the ML? Like I don't understand what league you're talking about, and I don't believe that there's leagues. I I believe that, okay, if you look if you look a certain way um, and you act a certain way, and you feel like you are in a level two league. Then, then yes, you are in that level two league. But you can alter the league that you're in. And it's really it's what we
4: call romantic market value. A good friend of mine named Larry Davis wrote a book years ago. Uh, back yeah, then, I thought you were going to say Larry
3: David. I was like,
4: <laughs> no, Larry Davis. And he wrote a book called Black and Single, and he coined this term, romantic market value, and it was fascinating. And it basically explains why a guy like Woody Allen can date women like Mia Farrow and. Diane Keaton, well, because, because he's Woody crazy? Allen. No, be- oh. Well, maybe, but <laughs> also more more importantly, because he's Woody Allen. Yeah. And so what if he's a funny-looking guy? If he was just your local plumber, you nobody would want to date him, no. but this guy can date family members if he wants. I mean, because <laughs> right. he's...
2: Well, I'm going to you. What do you, have, what do you have to say to this? That's where fame can reason, get you. And, I mean, yeah. What, no, about, you know, about what Julie's saying.
1: Uh, I mean, it's like one of these things where there's... A, okay. If you're just going by like the average person and and you're taking an average life and you're saying, you know, this average person is going to meet with this average person. Like, you know, uh, uh, I'm I'm not explaining this clearly. Like if you got a six, right? You're a six and you're uh, a six in looks, you're a six in your life, you're a six in your job, you're a six in your personality, like just kind of across the board. Just kill yourself. uh, Well, you know. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Wait, what was the thing about Xanax that you said earlier? Six is great, believe me. I'm like the
3: mediocre queen. So
1: so, uh, let's say you're you're the... uh, Jack of of, um, of above average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah it's not bad. So um, high
3: standards, I guess.
1: So like. yeah, like I think that. But there can always be mitigating factors. That's one thing. Is like you can totally elevate your status if you have. I mean, I hate to say it, but if you have a lot of money. Right. If you got a lot of money, if you got a six pack, right. If you have got an amazing personality, and yep. now we're talking about this with guys. We're really we're focused on guys here. There's a lot of things that you can do to offset, like, like including
4: a, manners.
1: Yes, absolutely. If, he,
4: if he's a gentleman and he really, and he you know has presence, like you know mm-hmm. the way you're looking at me right now, presence. Like when a woman gets a guy's <laughs> attention and that we get his presence. Seriously, when we get your. Presence, mm-hmm. your attention, it's the juiciest, most wonderful thing in the whole world because men are single focused.
1: Well, we always say that um, there's nothing more arousing for a woman than to be desired. By a man who she values. Absolutely. Now the key is she has to value that man first, and we talked about that. Uh, you yeah. Know, if it's the wrong guy, had, it just ex- gives her the exactly, creeps, right? Exactly. You, you get the creeps. But so I think that there's a lot of things that men can do to mitigate this. But there's also things. It, what's funny is that the well, I, I wouldn't call it the high end of men, but I see a lot of guys who have a lot of wealth, and they think that that is um, that's enough. That they think that's enough, yep. and they can get away with a lot of bad behavior because I'm sure you see this with, with
4: either money or looks.
1: Yeah. yeah exactly. So they think they can get away with bad entitled. I
4: call it the pretty boy yeah. syndrome. Yeah. It's yeah. Entitlement and it's gross. Whether
1: I had to work so hard girl. to get out. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so so like that's that's definitely one of the issues. I mean, I think the other, the other thing that really struck me, and in, in, as I you know wander down the street, I think it was like maybe a, a month ago. Like I was a very awkward looking kid, and I grew into a, a decent looking man. just beautiful well, ladies. Well, <laughs> thank you, thank you. But uh, <laughs> but you know it's taken a lot of work, right? I did to just work out and like kind of get my presence together. Trust. Me, there's a big difference between the guy you're looking at now and, like, this guy who sat there with long hair and, like, a, a, a you know, moping look on his face, yep. right? It's, and it's nice. Yeah, and
2: shoulders curved. exactly. Not exactly. a good so, presence, as so the, you were saying before, Julie. And, and
1: the thing that I realized, like, I caught some girl looking at I me. and I was like, oh, nice. I feel mm-hmm. good about myself today. But then I realized, <laughs> I was like, you know, most girls don't do that. And the reality is that, um, you know, I'm going to be a certain number of girls' types. Like, a certain number of girls are going to like my look and be into blonde-haired guys with, with my eye color and, and my height and all yep. that. And there's going to be a certain number of girls He's trying who to like, call
3: out the fact that he looks German again. Uh,
1: it's, Dutch, it's Dutch, just so...
3: You're welcome to say it as much as you want.
1: Um, but... Yeah, uh, and then a certain number of girls are going to be into, or women are going to be into guys who are a little shorter, and you know, uh, you know, maybe more of the George Costanza. But to your point about throwing spaghetti in the wall, I think that no matter what deficiencies a guy has, he can find that woman who is going to, um, you know, be be attracted to him for who he is and and whatever those deficiencies might be. That but the best things that guys can do for themselves are you know um, get a better personality. I mean, oh, I think yes. that's the one. I should work on do. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, uh, you know, get get better style, s- s- shoulders straight, all that stuff. So that was a long winded way of saying I think you can date well beyond your league, but most people think that they're fixed in a certain exactly. league. Exactly. And that- they don't see. The pathway to move oh, yeah. from a six Absolutely. to an eight. I find Very that
3: it's mobile. less looks and it's
4: more aura. Well, and uh, for women. women, yes. For, fortunately for, women for you guys, um, this is the biggest distinction I find between men and women and how we date. Um, we girls can fall in love over time and develop attraction over time. Alison Armstrong is one of my favorite dating coaches. And she she calls it the Adam Sandler effect. <laughs> which, And I've, I experienced that myself. The first time I ever saw Adam Sandler in a movie, it was Fifty First Dates. And I'm thinking, oh, he's the main guy. But by the end of that movie, Love him. No yeah. woman in her right mind would not run away with this guy. Oh, right, right. So that what I've, I've been starting asking these questions. You know, have you ever fallen in love with somebody and developed attraction over time? Somebody you were not attracted I to hasn't. initially at all. Mm-hmm. Well, women will answer that question. Eighty-five percent of the time, they will answer that question. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, Jonathan, I asked that question to men as well. What mm-hmm. percentage of men would you say say Yeah, I met that woman. I wasn't attracted at all. I got to know her and I totally. And suddenly, women. Gonna, I thought you were going to. I thought
1: you were going to ask me what percentage of, of men have you met yeah. and not been attracted. No, no, no. Okay. And you the, well, answer
4: that
2: question first. <laughs> He's when, like, what percentage of million. men would
4: you say out of 100 men, how many men would say, "Yeah, it happens to me all the time. I meet women not all attracted, I get to know them and it grows on me."
1: Uh, I don't 18. think 18. I don't, I don't know. It's it's always like she's hot. I want to
4: It's like uh, it, yeah. literally it's like less than 5%. Yeah, it's less like, than 5, really? Less than 5%. So here's what I've learned wow. as a matchmaker, I can't Changed the two things I can't cause to happen for two people is attraction, and for timing to be right. I can't right. fix Absolutely. that. So uh, what I do in my world as a matchmaker, I like to go to the guy first. So if I let's say I was I took on a female client, her a client, her name is Marie. If I wanted to introduce her to Jonathan, I mean, if I thought it was the match of the century, first I'd go to Jonathan and say, Jonathan,
1: dude, how you doing? What's I'd going like, on in your life? I'm in a relationship. So that's going to be tough. But a the first thing I'm going to ask <laughs> is availability. Things are going and then, along great. I would love to meet this woman. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me about how she looks, how well, much money she the, has, and <laughs> what size her breast? No, <laughs> Well, you know <laughs>
4: totally what I'll kidding. do. First, I'm going to check and make sure you're available. Right. Timing's right. Because right. otherwise, your ears are closed, and right. you should be. But then I'm going to send you her profile and her photos. I'm going to say, what do you think? I'm not going to tell the girl I'm sending her profile to him. Because if he says no, yeah, she's crushed. Yeah. And the know. number one thing men find alluring, appealing, and attractive. Active in a woman it's a one word answer it's not boobs or butt oh, know, I vaginas. Was the vaginas vaginas it's confidence, yes. just like with men. So it's not confidence in the boardroom, though. And, and we women forget that we think of confidence in themselves is a smile. It's confidence in her femininity, mm-hmm. and in her sexuality, and who she is as
2: a woman. I
1: can say with one hundred percent certainty. I agree with you.
2: Okay. And actually, loyalty. Have you read David uh, Buss's books? The David. Evolution oh, I love desire. Evolution him. of Desire. Yeah. yeah it's f- sorry. And that, didn't he write w- the book about attraction too? Um, the Nature of Attraction. Yeah. Oh, I He's, didn't read that one. But we had him on our show, and he he was talking about everything that you're talking about right now with the difference scales. Fascinating. It's we fascinating. had
4: him as a guest at the iDate conference, and yeah. he's the one I was thinking about him just today because he had this term that he used that has to do with a guy's romantic market value. It's his future earnings trajectory. <laughs> and the, the higher his future earnings trajectory, the more attractive. Sexual he would be. earnings? Uh, no, no just actual, how much he was. Yeah, oh, how much? So if a guy earnings, was in med okay. school, his future earnings trajectory would be better than it's a the guy potential. who's, you know, right, studying right, right. to be, you know, a welder or something. Right. So that's what. But he was, we were just cracking up because these these intellectuals, you know, talk about stuff. We'll use words like "hot." He'll use words
2: like "future earnings trajectory." Right. We're just cracking us. I right, know, right. <laughs> no, but he, he's fascinating. But he he talks a lot about what you guys are talking about, like these these different levels or these different angles that um, men and women approach attraction. So, as a matchmaker, do you find that? Challenging? Totally, because in today's wild world, everybody who's
4: dating grew up with the media. So the big problem that we have, two big problems we have, is that number one, We think that the guys out there are supposed to look like Brad Pitt and George Clooney, and you know the reality is that most people don't. I mean, just sit in 3rd Street Mall someplace or in an airport and clock the people who go by you and do a tally for how many, what percentage of people would you say based on just looks are dateable? It's like less than 10%. Most people are not finding most other people dateable. We're despicable-looking human beings. Well, it's because we've been poisoned. (laughs) We've been poisoned. So that's part of it. And then the other part of it is that since Women's Lib has happened, and women have gained their voice and are, you know that we we're strong, and we're not as good as lis- at listening as we used to be. And yet the men grow up thinking that, the woman in their life is going to be nurturing and loving and soft and feminine and that he's going to be able to finish the sentence and that sort of thing. And generally, that's not the way today's woman is. Right. So the problem is the, the, the type of man that this woman wants to meet is usually not within her reach because of who she is and who she's become and how she's being in the world. So we got two choices. We either have to help women learn to be a different
2: way or... Um, well, educate men. Educate. It men. sounds. That's what yes. it, sounds like, it sounds like education on both sides. Yeah. To be yeah, honest,
1: mean, let me ask you something because <clears throat> I, I feel that there's a bit of a double standard these days um, with uh, women who grew up with a certain set of Warden June Cleaver expectations, but also have
2: women uh, who grew up with that.
1: Yes, women, okay. women who grew up with that. But also because that's that that notion of the the dominant man, the breadwinner, the you know the guy who goes out and kind of takes care of everything. It's it's embedded in all of our customs. It's embedded in the man buying the ring it's embedded in the the man asking the woman on the first date approaching all of the um steps and the the guy uh uh, going for the first kiss all of the steps to go from initiating contact to ending up in a marriage the man is traditionally and culturally expected to take that first step and put his risk on put himself on the line now so women want that but they also want um you know, uh, they they want to be able to dictate who they date, what sp- what pace he goes at. They um, want um, you know they want to have uh, the same uh, same earnings potential, same jobs, all these things. So I'm not. And, and listen, during the Great uh, Recession in the last like you know, starting in 2007, I think 70 percent of the jobs that were lost were men. It's middle class That's manufacturing right. jobs. So I, I'm. And we could we could go on. We could talk about this for a long time. I'm curious your perspective. You
4: are so right, and I talk about this all the time. It's not. And it's not right that we want to be treated a certain way. You know, we, we want to be equal with men when it comes to uh, what we earn, but then when the check comes, we got to go to the ladies' room? I, I don't understand that. We want it all. I mean, yes, it doesn't, it's, do. it's, it's do. I feel bad for men that. right yeah. now. And yes, 70% of the jobs were lost by men, and yet there's this expectation that a woman should always be dating a guy who out earns her. There aren't enough of those guys yeah, to go yeah. around, okay? Yep. And then the worst problem is that that guy doesn't want to date a high powered woman if he has to come home to an argument every night. He's like, uh, you know who does the best in my world? The women who are most uh, accessible and the men are interested in? Ter- uh, teachers and nurses. I would think so. so nice women old women, ladies. Yeah, it's so not nice the price. trial attorney... <laughs> Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, I would think it's so. Not. Yeah. It's sad. But it's true. tied a little So tight. the women go out and get these credentials and like, oh, but I did everything they told me and now I can't get a man. It's not that
2: we can't get a man. We just have to learn how to be with men so that they can have their balls intact at the end of mm-hmm. the day. Well, I think a lot of women forget to be feminine. They, they're like, okay, if I, if I am taking on these assertive, strong, masculine roles, that I have to actually be masculine. They forget how to be feminine as well in the presence of yeah. men. Not saying that you give up all of your power and you become like this dainty little girl who doesn't know how to do anything. And can't like take her own chair out but there is a way of still being feminine while, ha- while also being strong absolutely and confident and yeah. i think that that's probably what you're sounds like
1: what you're teaching very to women
2: much so. um, and, and one what of the things i will think be is teaching soon. one
1: of the things i think is very important is for men to be able to step up i mean we yeah, we, we are always talking to guys about this this is a core message of my business is like look like we live in a changed world like everything changed in the 60s it's not going back like right. un- unle- unless all out anarchy breaks out, like you know, in in the Middle East or something. We've got yeah, you have to the, relook
2: at your masculinity. Yeah,
1: we, like masculinity needs new definitions. It needs uh, we have to step up like we do and and that's that's it so I don't uh, I think there's a lot of like I see a lot of anger with men towards like what's happened with women yeah. and it frustrates me because I'm like well yeah that did happen but reality is reality and you work within reality you don't work within like your false reality from, from Absolutely. 50 years ago so, and hoping you know, that it's
2: going to turn and back it's and, it's like,
3: and it's not and if is, that's what you're looking the for there in. are certain places in the country and the world still where yeah, that's can, going on go so, Poland. Yeah. Uh, so exactly. you
1: know but like and it kind of it's, it's a little frustrating I think for both sexes because it's like the guy like, oh, geez, like, I'm like, on average, men are making uh, um, well, you know, those, those numbers are, are a little off that Obama gave us recently, but you know, on average, men are losing jobs, they're less educated, and they are their economic conditioning is deteriorating while women it's going it's up, thriving. and we've still got all these uh, things that men have to do, and, and uh, it's like it's unfair, kind of, for both sexes, but why be angry about it? Like, it's just, that's reality. So rather than being angry about it, like, I, I'm just like, you know, just try to be a good dude. Like, you know, try to find a good girl. And you know, I, I, and, and I agree that's, with that's you. You have to adjust with right the now.
2: times. Absolutely. But I do want to get to a couple of questions from analyze this. I know we could talk mm. for hours about this because this is, it is a really interesting topic. And we will talk about it in later shows about like the, you know, the different the changes that are happening in the modern world and how to adjust to these changes and be more open to them rather than lash out against them and hate them. Yeah. Uh, But so here's one question that we got from Brian. Are there any exercises that I can work on to help me bring more of my work self out in my non work self? Brian. That's
4: a great question. You know, a guy who's confident in the workplace, but he doesn't feel so confident. At home or you know, like most of the men that I work with. I'm thinking about one of my gentleman clients right now, and I I really like that question. I'm interested what Jonathan would say about it. Mm, I'm
1: I'm not even sure what the question means. I I gotta be honest. It's like it's the guy who's
4: like strong and confident in the workplace, but you know, then he like has to go up and talk
2: to a woman. He's like I don't know. He's talking about he's Okay, so it sounds like he's saying I'm pretty awesome in my workspace. I can be really assertive, I can be confident. It may I'm this is I'm guessing from this short one sentence question. (laughs) um, but he's saying possibly, you know, I run a team and I can be a leader right, there. Right, right. But as soon as I get out into the real world, I'm having difficulty being that same
1: leader, which was yeah, similar okay. to what we were talking about yeah. at the first Okay, show. so good good questions. Okay, now that you've clarified for me, yes. thank you so much, Marty. Um, I'm say a lot of questions. I would say basically do the exact same thing as doing it at work, just add a lot of fun to it. And I think the people who are dominant and assertive and in charge at work usually have to kind of, you know, they, they can have a fun aspect to their personality, but it's not all about fun. And in a social situation, in a dating situation, I always like to think you are the leader of a good Times you're yeah. the leader of fun. Take charge of your own life. Take charge of what you want to do. Be like, hey, you know, we're going to this party on Friday night. Do you want to come with us? Like, that's a great text to send to a girl to ask her out. We're, you know, I, you know, a big group of us are going out. Like, would you? Yeah, I'd love for you to join us. That's the shows leadership. It shows you're in charge love of it. your fun, all yeah. that stuff. So, like,
2: but it also does sound like he's on top of his game in his workspace. so yeah. a lot of people go to school, right, to be really on top of their game in their workspace. They're very knowledgeable, which builds confidence in that workspace. Mm-hmm. And then in their non-work life. They haven't done as much educating Mm -hmm. themselves so i was practice it does take practice Um, and time and effort the guy i was thinking about as you read that question is
4: one of my clients and i'm really kind of um Wrestling with him because he's so deathly afraid of dating and so afraid of his first date. And he was, he knew it was going to fail. He knew it was going to be horrible. So I invited him to one of my upcoming parties and I gave him a job. I said, You need practice, you know, so I want you to be there with me and I'm going to give you a job so that you're actually going to be forced to interact with every single woman there. And I said, It's really simple. Make sure the women are having a good time. It's not about you. Because if he's focused on himself, he makes himself crazy with his neuroses. But if he's focused
3: on making sure that Marnie's having a good time, you know, then. All of a sudden, he has another purpose. And it actually comes full circle because what we were saying earlier about giving tasks that say dinner parties yeah. to maybe the woman you're interested in, it, it basically... Just I, l- I love it. it. Yeah. Telling women what to do yeah. at dinner parties.
1: But I, think I, I do want to <laughs> yeah. add one other Wait, thing.
2: We, we actually have to wrap oh, up pretty shoot. soon. Okay. I know you want yeah. to add something. This is the
1: last thing. is He's got to be having fun, too. It's about making sure he's having fun while other people are having yeah, fun. Yeah, he needs a yeah. like positive reinforcement. But
2: to go on, just to add the exercise, because he was asking for exercises. So the exercise Jonathan gave out earlier they are, which is about providing tasks to women and also having the eye contact. But then what Julie just said as well, because you don't need Julie to tell you that you have a job at a party. You can give yourself that job beforehand <laughs> saying my job for tonight, take the plate of appetizers and go to every single woman and say, would you like
4: one? That's a job.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> but it, it gets your brain off of you being jittery nervous and not feeling like you have a place at that party. Yeah. It's giving yourself your own role. That's what confident people do. They, they, they give them themselves their own role, and their role is awesome person at the party who's there to have fun, not wrapped up being in my brain and getting like all freaked out about what she's thinking, what she's feeling, what yeah. she wants. And I think that is a great place to end, but Julie, please tell people where to get in touch with you if it's, they want to matchmake. Yes, it's very simple. Wherever you are in the world, get registered
4: with me. It's julieferman.com J-U-L-I-E-F-E-R-M-A-N ncom and register privately. It's not like online dating. It's private, but then I can find you when I'm searching
2: for my female clients. Ooh, how nice. Exactly. And
3: you guys remember to follow us on Twitter at Ask Women Podcast. Yes. Yeah,
2: and, and for uh, information on Jonathan, go to winggirlmethod.com slash Hudson, and you will see an incredible video on the female brain, female genes, and how women work. Not the how denim ones. How to ones. get them. Exactly. Not the denim ones. See you guys next week. Download new episodes and subscribe to the Ask Women Podcast. New episodes come out every Thursday. See you later. Thank mm-hmm. you.